everybody and welcome. My name is Sue and I'm joined by... Tanya! Hi! <laughs> welcome to our Learn With Sue Walk and Talk podcast. This is a place where we will walk and talk about the science of emotions, positive psychology and neuroscience to help us be the best we can be. It's about how we flourish and thrive even through adversity, all based on science, research and evidence. And our session today, Tanya and I are going to have another one of our ramblings. And the topic I thought, Tanya, we would kick off with today is self-determination theory. Because I've been doing lots of stuff recently with clients on self-determination theory. Because the basic psychological needs just seem to be so important for what's going on in the world right now. And, and I know you know a little bit about it, um, but I'm just wondering your thoughts on how you think that's applying in the world right now. Yeah, and it's a great one, Sue. And I think um, I do, again, with conversations that I have with clients and friends and what have you, even I think about myself, you know, are our psychological needs being met? And again, I would love to hear more about what you're involved in. Again, what self-determination theory is, for those of you that listen that don't know. And what what do we need? What, what are our needs as human beings? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a good question. So, so many of you listening, you may have come across self-determination theory and it's classified as if you like the basic psychological needs that are universal across cultures. And there's probably 40 or 50 years worth of research into this. Uh, Dietschy and Ryan, sort of uh, two of the names that uh, initially sort of done lots of research around this. What's fascinating is there's so much going on at the moment based on what's happening with COVID and pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, about how these three basic psychological needs have been impacted. So for those of you not aware, um, self-determination theory talks about uh, three basic psychological needs of autonomy, competence and relatedness. Now, some of these are fairly simple, although there's a little bit more nuance. So um, what have we got? We've got um, if we take take autonomy to start with or autonomy is kind of two components, really. It's about the. Uh, the need we have, the basic psychological need we have for agency in our life, if you like, as in making choices, um, making decisions about our life. Do I feel I have agency in my own life or autonomy in my own life to make my choices? And we'll talk about that in the moment, because I think that's a really big one that's perhaps been impacted during COVID. Um, so that's the important thing. What's also important is too much autonomy cannot be good either. And that leads on to the whole paradox of choice research around too much autonomy. So that's the first one. Second one, relatedness. Um, now, this sounds obvious and it sounds like it's just about relationships. And in theory, it is. Uh, it's actually our universal need to feel we belong, to feel connected to. This is why belonging, DNI, inclusion elements are so important because as human beings, we need to feel connected, we need to belong. And yet relatedness is actually more than that when it comes to basic psychological needs. It's actually about your need to contribute. So not just that you have nice relationships and you feel you belong. It's actually more about, do I also make a difference to other people? Do I contribute? Um, am I relevant to other people, if you like? Do I add value in some way um, to others? So that's relatedness. And the third one is competence. And again, this is a really interesting one that I think is impacted around um, what's going on in the world right now, is um, competence is two components. One is do I get to use my competence, to use my skills in my job, in my work, etc.? So am I using my skills, my strengths, my activities? And do I feel competent? The other one is by using my skills, am I getting better at them? 
So when I use my skills, do I actually improve? Do I see myself growing and developing, et cetera, as a person? And I think that's a really interesting one due to COVID because some people um, have actually found themselves feeling, if you like, incompetent because of having to do things that they wouldn't normally have done and they've been thrown into another world, um, whether it's working from home or if you're in the healthcare industry, having to do things you've never had to do before. And we've probably got the gist of it now. And yet it's really interesting how our competence was potentially thrown that we didn't necessarily have the skills initially to do what's suddenly been thrown at us. So what are your thoughts now? I've sort of described that about what you're seeing out there. Yeah, actually, thoughts. And I was just thinking around the competence bit. Why? Can you give me an example, actually, of why um, somebody's competence might be impacted or I think that my competence is impacted given COVID well let's imagine I've never worked from home and I don't have I haven't learned the skills to manage my time to set my boundaries to uh, work out my plan because I've been used to having the structure of the day uh, let's imagine I'm in education and I've always done face-to-face -face classroom training training with children and now I have to use virtual and I've never used Zoom, Teams, etc., anything like that before. I've never had to run a class of six-year-olds virtually. Um, uh, if I'm in healthcare, for instance, I might find I'm having to do things and processes I've never had to do before that's stretching. Doesn't mean to say I'm not competent. It means all of a sudden my basic psychological needs of feeling competent are thrown out because there's all of this new stuff that I've got to deal with. Um, which is potentially then making me feel a bit useless because it's I'm slower getting stuff done because of all of these new systems, processes, rules. I mean, there are some people that have never worked from home um, until COVID forced us. And all of a sudden, the system, some people have never had a laptop at home. And all of a sudden, you've got to set up your home office and you haven't got anywhere to go because you're in a studio apartment. And so you feel incompetent because you're got a partner living with you and you're doing back-to-back -back meetings literally physically back-to-back -back with your partner on one meeting and you on another for instance so some of those sorts of things can make us feel less competent because we're not able to uh, follow the rituals and rules and habits that we've got in place around our role mm. so great thanks Sue because yeah I can totally now relate to yes where we wouldn't feel like we're being competent and again when I think about your business um you know with the large majority of our company being face-to-face -face delivery, but again, every every everything had to turn virtual, like the rest of the world, really. So interesting, and I guess that's then also makes me think around um, de depending on the environment of the company and your mindset, as it was, seeing it as an opportunity rather than an issue. And again, oh. I guess when you were giving me examples of the competence of actually I, I didn't have a laptop at home or again I've never delivered anything virtually that would trigger um oh and I had it in my head but as you were talking that would trigger a negative response it would trigger it in neuroscience terms and away response mm -hmm. as opposed to a toward response so it's again quite interesting where I'm, I'm grateful and thankful as I've said before that I work in this space where again I know the science to go oh okay let's turn this to a more positive or a toward approach as opposed to well, let's, yeah, let's pick up on that because you're absolutely right. For people from a facilitation perspective, whether it's a teacher in a classroom or whether it's a corporate facilitator, if you've never done virtual before, all of a sudden COVID comes along, the away response is 
Um, I'm sure we'll get back to face-to-face -face soon. Let's just postpone, let's just wait. Not really learning the system. I can't do this, this is too hard. I'm sure it will come back to face-to-face. -to -face. And of course, what ends up happening is everybody else who's got on the growth mindset, who's gone, this is an opportunity, who skipped forward has now left you behind because you're still hanging on, hoping that face-to-face -face is coming back. So I think that's a really interesting one that the lack of competence then leads us to pull away so we might do what we can to hang on to the past, if you like, as in, I'm sure it will get back to normal one day, et cetera, et cetera, whether we're in retail. Um, I know some people who are in retail who um, had the opportunity to go online before COVID. They were given the opportunity to literally have an online system set up within two weeks um, so that they could go online when COVID hit. Uh, and no, it was like, I'm sure it'll get back to normal, sure it'll get back to normal. And then it was, oh, what am I going to do? I think my shop's going to close, et cetera, and all this sort of stuff, when actually they haven't taken that opportunity. Whereas others, and you would have seen this, I'm sure, like um, restaurants and cafes that instantly went to takeaway and they changed. I mean, we had a couple near us that actually changed their window setup so that people just, the normal window that people would sit out that wasn't a service entrance now became a service slot, so to speak, to, to do takeaway. And I know the cafe near us at the time, they made a fortune um, because it was in Bondi and nobody wanted to cook. And when you could get a really amazing fish pie or whatever you, from the little uh, cool cafe on the corner that you'd frequented for the last however many years, that is wonderful element of competence of not going, I'm not competent, we can't do this, let's pull away. To your point, it's the reward response of, okay, how do we make this an opportunity? How do we turn this around? I'm not saying everybody can do that, but that's a beautiful example. Yeah, and actually that's now just led in beautifully, I think, to the relatedness piece, because you're right. I mean, again, when I was um, living in Covent Garden, when we first went into lockdown, and again, all our little, there was like a really tiny restaurant, as in literally, I don't know, it might have seated 20 tables, let's say. Um, even maybe less but they turned a little restaurant into a, a mini 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 delicatessen like it's so again it was this they they needed to I guess they kind of thought well I did speak to them about it it's like we need to survive um so how we're we going to turn this because we can't shut down we don't know how long this is going to be but this then makes me think the relatedness piece of whether that would have come into play in terms of well, we still need to make a difference. We need to contribute to this, as I say, not just about relationships, but absolutely would have been about relationships. And that's how I think, I mean, they were hugely successful um, and they got more people, um, more customers. They actually, they're a customer data that would have expanded so that then when they have opened, um, it's, it's, it's just been amazing. So it was the well, best thing they could have, that could ever happen really. Yeah. And think about who you frequented when things opened up. Cause I know when we came out of lockdown recently, cause we've just been in, well, we're in lockdown now, we came out for a couple of weeks. Um, but after those few weeks, the first place we went to was our favorite restaurant to give them our money, if you like, as in to support them. And I think it's really interesting what relatedness does is it's about those strong relationships. It's do you feel you belong somewhere? Do you feel um, like that little place we go to? It's a really amazing vegan restaurant. It's just delicious. The people are lovely. I can sit outside in the sunshine, often by myself, you know, reading my book or something and nobody bothers me. Uh, Dave and I go there together and it was just right. That's the first place we're going to because that's the place that you want to then feel like you want to add value back to them because they've added value to you. And as you said, the sense of belonging. So when we talk about community. I mean, then again, that's what it's all about as well. I love it. Wonderful. So just in terms of the autonomy piece, because again, when you have mentioned this before, 
and again, I'm hearing this, and I think I mentioned this on a, a previous podcast. Um, what I've been hearing from certain individuals or organisations that we're working with is this whole, you now have to come into the office. Mm. You're much more productive when you're in the office. And again, I did kind of challenge this for some. I said, well, is there data on this? Or is this just the leader in inverted commas saying, I want all my employees to be back in the office? And I guess with the autonomy piece, um, that would be absolutely triggering. Mm-hmm. If I've been productive, you suddenly say to me, I don't know, we have to, you don't need to, you, I don't want you to deliver virtually anymore. You have to go and visit people faces, so or I don't know. Um, as opposed to maybe asking my opinion um, or let's talk about it or rather, rather than you telling me. That again is going to cause mm. an away response, which is then breaking down relationships. So I don't know. What are you thoughts? No, that's that's perfect because again, it's one of the biggest things at the moment. If you think about basic psychological needs, when my basic psychological needs are met, I get a reward response and a, a, a towards response. When my basic psychological needs aren't met, I get the threat or the away response. And autonomy has been a really interesting one because initially the work from home, you had no autonomy over it. Was you will work from home often are closed so that throws us then of course we get into the habit we build up that and some of us have probably created good habits the things that are good for our well-being some of us might have created not so good habits hence the comments about covid kilos and all this sort of stuff um so we might not have flourished during work from home but what's really interesting to your point is as um countries or states are opening up again uh, we've got this shift again and i remember it was um it was actually sometime last year and Victoria here in Australia had been in lockdown for, I don't know, 100 and some odd days. They're now up to 200 and some odd. Um, and they're, they're out for a while and everything was going sort of swimmingly before we had our late, little latest outbreak. And um, uh, one of my diploma students, she was so flat on one of the calls when she first joined. And I was like, are you OK? She said, oh. She said, I am so fed up. She said, our CEO has decided that we all have to go back five days a week. And she said, I'm back on Monday. And she said, I, I, I'm really feeling so negative right now and so demotivated because I've enjoyed working from home and we've been given no choice. And it's because he had the view that people couldn't be trusted to work from home. And it's really interesting because your autonomy has just been completely taken away. And I watched it. She just was so mad, so upset, so demotivated. And I think some of the best organizations, the way that they're doing this is to your point of having that conversation and saying, okay, well, we are encouraging people to come back because many people want to see people again and want to have human connection. We also recognize that some people are loving working from home. So how do we figure out what works? Um, and I've seen some organizations handle that fairly well. Like there's one organization I was talking to, um, again, they're back in lockdown now, so it's a moot point. Um, they all decided as a team that they were going to have Thursdays as they're going to try and come into the office on a Thursday. You could do other days if you wanted, but can we all come together as a team on a Thursday? Um, and it was lovely. They all figured that out themselves so that at least they could see each other, etc. But otherwise, you could do whatever you liked. You could work from home the other four days or you could work from the office the other four days. Um, it was just a way of trying to connect. Um, and I see that autonomy one, not just playing out with the work from home or, or come back to the office, actually in a number of different ways about um, rules that are being put on on people, sometimes for their best interest. Uh, If you take vaccinations, if people feel they have no autonomy, they want to push back. 
if they feel they've got autonomy, then actually they're more likely to pull towards. Um, and again, maybe we can talk about meaning in another one of why we want to do something and how the meaning sometimes pulls us towards. So I don't know, there are some of the things that I think are interesting to sort of play out. How's that been playing out for you right now before we wrap up those three things? Yeah, it, it is really interesting. And again, I had a conversation with someone this week um, who, again, was very keen on going back into the office. And I will just quickly wrap up on this. Really keen because, again, um, she was very, you know, this is this is really important. It's more for collaboration. Um, I haven't particularly enjoyed working from home on my own, etc. Um, what's interesting is she went back into the office a couple of weeks ago. I think she's only been back in the office, I don't know, twice or something. But what it, what is interesting, as I say, is... Her view now is actually, you know what, the impact of me not being able to prep my dinner with enough time, which I really enjoy, which is good for my well-being, etc. That now going into the office is impacting what I enjoyed. My lunchtime walk with my dog, as an example, as opposed to my lunchtime walk when I'm in the office. Um, so it's really quite interesting that, as I say, this individual who really quite not overly strong, but I was like, I really I can't wait to get back into the office. Now, having done it, it's like, oh, actually, maybe it'd be really good if we can have a little bit more flexibility. So, again, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out globally. Um, and I don't think it's just say there's any fixed point. It can't be black and white about it. You have to be in the office five days a week. I mean, good, nobody likes being told what to do, um, even if it's the right decision. Nobody likes being told what to do. So, yeah, certainly something we should um, discuss another time as well. Thank you, Tanya. I agree. So many more things to talk about. And again, we're back to language again, isn't it, about whether we're told we have to do it or not. So thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, Tanya and I's musings and reflections and ruminations. Um, if you do have any thoughts or questions or comments you'd like to share with us, please shoot us through uh, either on social media or uh, email us on questions at learnwithsue.com.au. And for more conversations along these lines with uh, either learning with myself, with other experts, live events, a series of courses on neuroscience of happiness, positive leadership, the microbiome, uh, research reviews, and much, much more, please check us out at learnwithsue.com.au and consider becoming a member of our global learning community. It's here to support you to be the best you can be. Thanks, Tanya. See you. See you next time. See you, everybody. Great. Thanks, Sue. Take care, everyone. See you soon.